Thank you, Anna. Thank you, everybody. You know, it was so moving to see the work that you are doing. It's, it's the intimacy of it, you know. It's just like being in the temple zaal with you. It really is. And I was, Granja and I were talking, of course, you know, there is a certain sadness that we cannot be there. But in a way, we are right there. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. And so we thought for this session, yesterday in the Inspired Guidance, uh, at some point the hero's journey was mentioned. And so we were planning anyway to do something with that when we meet in January. But Kathy and I will just talk a little bit about that. Kunnen jullie me allemaal goed goed horen? Can you hear me? Yeah? Okay, good. Good. So what would you say about the hero's journey? Well, uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, Joseph Campbell, the mythologist who lived in America and published a book in 1948 called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And in that work, he found 240 stories in different cultures that all showed the same patterns of, uh, of renewal and challenge uh, that we carry with us today. So there are similar outcomes and descriptions of difficulties in all of the stories represented by every culture on this planet. So there's a familiar pattern. When did you first hear about Joseph Campbell, Frankie? Oh, I heard about him when I was still a student at the university. Um, because, you know, we studied uh, Jungian interpretation of stories. And so Joseph Campbell had um, studied with Jung personally. And, um, you know, some of you probably know him because he was a good friend with George Lucas, who made Star Wars. And some of the themes in Star Wars are based on the work of Joseph Campbell. Yeah, that's really an interesting story about how Lucas, uh, George Lucas first found out about Joseph Campbell. He was watching a television series of interviews with Joseph Campbell uh, presented by Bill Moyers. And Bill Moyers was the interview. And these interviews went on for weeks and weeks and the whole of America was watching. And George Lucas got this idea, oh, I can incorporate it into Star Wars. And so the elements of man's journey through life, uh, like the labyrinth, uh, is represented in the hero's journey. And there are various stages to that. But to talk a bit more about Joseph Campbell, he wrote 24 books, and eight of those were published after he died. He died at the age of 84 from tongue and throat cancer. 
And in fact, he was in the last stages of his life when he did the interviews with Bill Moyers. So what do you think that is the most important thing to remember about the hero's journey? Well, actually, it's connected, I think, with our theme, flowing with the unknowing. So the hero has the courage to delve deep into the unconscious and to go in the forest, to go to Bois le Comte, <laughs> where really you don't know what's going to happen. And of course, Kathy and I and our assistants and everybody really, we try to create a very safe environment. But the truth is, when you go deep into a session, we have no idea what's going to surface, you know. And all of us are scared of that. Because when you hear the voice of the divine revealing something to you, it will literally change your life, you know. And in a way, that's what we want. That's certainly what the hero wants. The hero wants to awaken and never, ever stops on the journey. But of course, the hero is human too and has his human frailties and anxieties and personality and all of that, you know. And sometimes the human doesn't want to take the journey. Sure. It but takes, it takes uh, in fact, the hero is not aware that he needs to take the journey. And so there are many calls to take the journey. They say that maybe there are as many as five calls before a person actually embarks or prepares to embark. And uh, part of the preparation for you know, preparing to embark is to find a mentor. Yes. And that mentor is often a shaman or a therapist or any other role that a shaman might take in modern society. But part of the preparation is working with a mentor. Is that the same word in Dutch? Yeah, a mentor, eh? mentor. It, it belong from the mentor. Yeah. And of course, a mentor can also be a book, you know, or you can have several mentors, living or from the past. Certainly watching for me those interviews with um, Bill Moyers, there was so much uh, wisdom coming through there. I th actually, in one of our trainings, we have shown uh, one, one of those interviews. We may bring him with us. Yeah, perhaps. Um, maybe perhaps in January we can, we can watch one of them. Because, you know, it's obvious that um, at that point, Joseph Campbell is maybe 85, 86, and he is on fire. And he also knows, you know, that his days on earth are counted. And in a way, it was good that material came out after he passed, because he was already well known. But after that, he became a sort of a superstar but also was attacked vehemently because, you know, he, he basically took the stance that a lot of the stories in all religions, including Christianity, they are myths. They're not based on historical fact. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you try to interpret the myth as a factual story, you're losing the whole point. It's the same with the dream. 
Because, you know, Jung, Jung felt that the, your dreams are actually a form of a myth, but it's your personal myth. And so what Campbell was analyzing was the collective myths, the myths all over the planet. And they have very, very similar motives. And so he mo mostly talked about the motive of the hero. Right? Yes, and, and that every story depicted the hero's journey. And that, uh, that was the kernel of his teaching that we are the ones who use the myths uh, we, to describe this process that we go through uh, sometimes time and again, mm -hmm. uh, depending, you know, we have mini journeys and then we have the mega journey of our life. And so there are three parts to it. There is the departure, there is the descent, going down into it, or what we call initiation, and that is 80% of the journey. And then the final part is the return. Maybe I translate in Dutch this little part. Yeah. Dus Kathy zegt, er zijn drie voorname stappen in de tocht van de held of de heldin. Dus eerst het vertrek. Je moet op gang geraken. Dan het, het belangrijkste stuk duurt zeer lang. De inwijding. Dus neerdalen in alle onbewuste aspecten. En dan tenslotte keert de held terug naar zijn of haar omgeving om de wijsheid te delen. En by sharing, by sharing our wisdom, however small it is, it actually stabilizes us. So that's, for instance, why some people would decide, you know, to become, say, an assistant in a training or would decide to take on clients because even though our own learning keeps going, it's very good at some, at some point to start sharing. The universe supports that. It becomes richer by sharing. And in fact, we have allies at every step of the way. Now, allies are people who help and support us. We have a mentor, and that is the main teacher of the event, of our life journey. Um, but along the path, we have allies. And at the end, we have allies. So we never take the journey alone, although it seems as if we're alone. But we're always together in this. And it's good to recognize another's journey and the learnings from the journey that they have taken that we incorporate into our own wisdom. So when we depart, on the journey, uh, we hear a call to come. And it may start as a thought, or it may be an idea that comes from someone else, or it's something that emerges in the heart space. But we know that we have to go. And we have no idea how we're going to do it, or what will be involved 
So we consult an expert. And we have, at that moment, limited awareness of what is involved. Okay, we're like innocents in this journey. We start out and we think it's going to be easy, and it's not. Um, the other thing is, is that we may postpone taking the journey because we have an intuition that it may not be easy. So once we make the decision to take the journey, to embark, we then start and we embark on the journey. And 80% of the journey is this stage of trial and initiation. So I know you want to say something about initiation. Sure, but first I want to check in. Veronique, heb jij vertaling nodig? Of iemand anders, or is it clear? Seems to be clear, okay, great. Mm -hmm. So then, initiation, of course, is the big step where the door of the unknown is opened. And that's why in our last module, we will give collectively each one of you an initiation. And that is in the journey of the hero, a big moment. And of course, you know, there can be many initiations, but within our training, that is a bit of the, what we are working towards. To allow that door to open up. And by that time, you know, you have already built a strong support in the group. You are more grounded than you used to be. You have a number of tools in your knapsack, right? You're, you're not all of a sudden taken by something that you cannot possibly endure. And an initiation in many uh, indigenous tribes can be quite harsh. You know, it's um, in the beginning to anthropologists, it was a bit of a mystery why, say, in an Aboriginal culture, the men would kidnap a young boy of 12 and 13, take them to the woods someplace, and then maybe knock him on his face so he would lose a few teeth, you know? Why? Why do this, you know? And so it became clear that all of this was actually done with tremendous love and compassion. But make clear to the boy, you are no longer a boy. You are now a man. And so in, in Jungian terms, that would be the transition from puer, you know, boy, to man, or from girl to woman. And if you have not received those initiations, you are in trouble. And that's a big issue in today's culture. It was interesting, a client of mine yesterday, um, he knew the brother of uh, Madola Somme, you know, the shaman from uh, Ivory Coast, Côte d'Ivoire. So just briefly, you know, he was kidnapped by the Jesuits at the age of six from his village and went through all kinds of trouble. Twelve years later, 
He comes back to his village. Only his mom recognizes him. The elders start preparing him for two years to become initiated. Otherwise, he cannot be part of that culture. I mean, it's amazing, right? This is a contemporary story. I think there there are many initiations that happen in this in this phase. You can look at an initiation as an induction into learning new skills about how to overcome adversity. And it's really important that one skill build on another. And that is why the mentor is present, sometimes in the form of a dragon, you know, uh, but always present to coach uh, that one who is taking the journey uh, about how to adapt or ways of looking at a situation that might enable them to have more success in triumphing over the challenge. So the the mix of challenge and skill is really, really very important. And prior to any challenge, is a moment that is taken in what we would call uh, the sacred grove. So the sacred grove would be this place within where we feel peace. We may go off and isolate in the desert and prepare for our challenge. Uh, We might go a few days into the woods to prepare for what it is we're about to undertake. But there is always this quiet period of gathering in all our energies to prepare for the ordeal. And so that's an important part of it. Um, What it helps to do is to build strength and resilience. So, I mean, there are also initiations where people get slapped. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some Asian uh, initiations where the person gets slapped. And it's, it's to shock the system into a kind of resilience. And, and we are not advocating that people slap each other. Don't get me wrong. But just to get a flavor of the intensity of it. And, you know, you could say that the sweat lodge is also a place, you know, where it gets so intense that, you know, we fall on our knees. But usually the sweat leader, the good sweat leaders, they know where the limit is. And so they don't push people beyond the beyond. But still, they create a certain fire, a certain intensity. Now, for many of us today, certainly in the COVID period, and because of some of our lives, the intensity is already to the max, right? When you have a kid, you know, who's in surgery, when you have a house on fire, there is no need to put more intensity. No, then it's time, you know, to really, if you can, receive all the support from all your allies. So allies in Dutch means bondgenoten, right? So 
What's that? Bondgenoten. Bondgenoten, yes. Yeah, yeah. Kathy is learning new Dutch words all the time. As fast as I can. Yeah. By the time we arrive in Belgium, you will have no idea. You can talk to Kathy in Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, serial ordeals. <laughs> Another thing, um, just to say that at any point in the descent, in the initiation period, we can refuse to take the journey, and sometimes we do, where something in front of us looks too difficult and we think we can't handle it, and we collapse. And then with the encouragement of the mentor and our allies, kind of like a Greek chorus, come on, you can do it, we know you can do it, yes, just have strength, we'll pray for you, we'll do this. And, and in that way, people gain their support and their strength back to face the challenge again. So you see this sometimes in addiction where people will make a very considerable progress But then something happens, the government tells them they owe more taxes or um, that they have to go to court over something, uh, and people just collapse and use again. And so the idea is, is to maintain resilience. If we fail at a challenge, we go back and do it again. And that's the point, that ultimately we face all the challenges that are in front of us and we do our best with our skill set to bring ourselves forward in this journey. And you know, there are of course people who at the very end of their life, when they're close to dying, all of a sudden they get it. And so it's, it's a late time to do it, but it's never too late, you know? All of a sudden you can see, why didn't I forgive my mom, you know, and you do it. So timing, you know, is not entirely up to us. But of course, you can see why it's so useful to start preparing now, right? There is no reason ever to postpone it. There really is not. Well, we may have ideas about reasons, but yeah, good point. Good point. So then we have the third part, the return home. And believe it or not, some people never want to come home. And, you know, you can think of people in mythology that were a bit like that, like Odysseus and others. Um, who found it very hard to go back to that old familiar place because what were they going to do there? You know, there'd just be the wife and there'd just be the same old palace and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a boring life after the excitement of facing challenges and overcoming them. Um, but the thing that people don't remember when they're in that space of not wanting to go home is that there are others waiting at home to learn from the hero's journey. And that passing on this story of overcoming obstacles and 
moving through them in spite of all the opposition is an elixir, which when passed on and told in story form is a boon, it's a help to those who have remained behind. And it teaches others. It gives them a roadmap for overcoming obstacles in their life. So this is the elixir, is the teaching of experience, is, uh, is to show that change is not an enemy or a threat. That learning to adapt to change, to go with change, to flow with the time is the mode of travel. And that by doing that, we enhance our resilience. I don't know if any of you are uh, familiar with Kintsuji. No. Kintsuji is this Japanese technique of taking a broken piece of pottery mm. and mending it with gold. So the gold is our resilience in our experience of life's challenges. And that's what holds us together is the resilience that we have carried forward as a result of this journey. And it's really a beautiful mm -hmm. metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, I really, I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. So, in a nutshell, that's the life. That's our journey. And we are the heroes in our story, although sometimes it doesn't seem like that. But the thing is about it, that once we have taken our journey, we become mentors to those who are about to embark. And so that is the life cycle from generation to generation that we pass our wisdom on to one another. Beautiful. Yeah. A little shamanization to... Yeah, I think it would be good to take a journey. So make yourselves comfortable. Inviting our guides and teachers, all the shamans in our lineages, our ancestors, expressing our gratitude for their presence, their love, their skills, their wisdom, and their big, big cosmic heart. Rumbo.
Ayadiangari Uguji Uguji Ukunjingaringaru Angara Ugaji, Ugaji, Hungana, Hungana, Hungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungurungur
Please take all your time, keep on dreaming, co-creating, being guided. Communicate with a new part inside your consciousness. Allow the angels to assist you as you finish your own journey. <laughs> 